Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Well, partly right. It is the Eagle Hour. <laughs> Bob Getty and Luke Johnson on assignment, off today, whatever you want to call it. So you're stuck with me. I'm Kelly Sander, your humble, lovable shoeshine boy, here to get you through the next hour on the Eagle Hour here on this Thursday. Glad that you're with us. Our first segment, as always, brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, the best barbecue in the South, and it's available right here in uh, the Hattiesburg area near Turtle Creek Mall, where they home smoke meat daily and uh, fall off the the bone ribs that are so special. And don't forget the side items, too. My favorite happens to be the cream spinach, which is not a usual side item that you're normally able to get, but tasty nonetheless. An endless soft-serve ice cream. Dickie's Barbecue, glad to be with us here on the Eagle Hour, and we are glad to have them on the show. Lots to talk about this hour. Of course, Conference USA Basketball, the tournaments both on the women's and men's side are underway. But the women, alas and alack, the Lady Eagles beaten in the first round yesterday. Mild upset, but uh, were knocked out of the tournament in the first round. So uh, the Lady Eagle basketball season has come to an end where the men's tournament just really begins to rev up tonight. And we're going to be talking with one of our guests in just a moment, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, about uh, the prognosis for the Eagles at that tournament and what other postseason offerings might be coming the Eagles' way if they're not able to win the Conference USA Tournament. I actually think they're, they are going to win the tournament. I think the biggest trouble for them will be in the second round against Western Kentucky. Then later on in the program, we're going to be talking to former Lady Eagle golfer Mackenzie Kelly. And it's not often that um, the golf program at Southern Miss gets a little uh, love and publicity here on the program. But Mackenzie Kelly will be joining us here in our First Bank uh, Studios hotline a little bit later on. So let's get to it on this Thursday. Again, glad that you're with us across our Super Talk network affiliates across the state. And joining us on the hotline from the Biloxi Sun-Herald is the beat writer for uh, Southern Miss, Patrick McGee. The professor joins us every Thursday. Patrick, good to have you along. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Were you a little bit surprised? And and I you know I follow you, of course, on social media, as I encourage everybody else to do. You kind of called the Coach of the Year honor for Conference USA a, a 50-50 uh, deal for Doc Sadler, but but had you voted, would you would you have uh, you could certainly make an argument either way, but I, I just really thought Doc would win it. Yeah, I mean, I I had a feeling there in the last uh, couple of weeks that Doc was going to get it, but it depends on you know when those voter, voters kind of made their minds up. If they had already decided, say, two or three weeks ago that Jeff Jones was the guy, I would have fully understood because uh, they clinched the conference pretty early and and had a really good season. One at Syracuse and. Uh, he's had an interesting, uh, uh, you know, season away from the court. He's battled prostate cancer. I think he was. They announced back in September he's dealing with that. So, uh, I mean, you understood why Jeff Jones was a strong candidate to be coach of the year. But I, I thought Doc Sadler made a very strong case there uh, with his final two wins and and getting them a bye and and finishing and uh, for a tie for second place in the conference. When uh, I, I just think the coaching job that Sadler did on the court is really unequaled in the in the conference, but you understand that Jeff Jones had a story to tell and uh, why he had some, maybe some people who maybe decided almost like three or four weeks ago that he was the guy. And I also thought that, that it would swing Doc Sadler's way when you take into account that the Eagles went to Old Dominion in the mm-hmm. final, the final round of pod play, you know, the postseason as they, they call it there in the conference and went to Old Dominion and beat Old Dominion on a, on a, on a, you know, foreign turf, so to speak, which I think is why you know, the Las Vegas odds makers have Southern Miss, the odds-on favorite 
albeit very close, they have the Southern Miss Eagles, the odds-on favorite to win the Conference USA Tournament because of the way the Eagles have performed on road floors and on neutral floors, which I think sometimes goes unnoticed. What do you think as the Golden Eagles get ready tonight to take on Marshall, 9 o'clock Central Time? You can watch that game on Facebook. The Southern Miss second round of the Conference USA Tournament tonight. Southern Miss against Marshall beginning at 9. Patrick, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Southern Miss deserves to have that little bit of an edge as the favorite in the tournament going in, just the way they played in the final week of the season, how you saw Old Dominion kind of take a step back and Western Kentucky show some inconsistency. So uh, I think those are your three top teams. And if you look at the way the teams have, have played the last uh, couple of weeks, it would probably be, have to be Southern Miss. It would be just a little bit of a favorite going in. Uh, Old Dominion just has not played very well late in the season. After they lost Southern Miss, they went to UAB and got beat. And, you know, Western Kentucky lost to UTSA there late in the season. And I think if there's one other team that can maybe kind of jump into that mix, it's the Marshall team that Southern Miss plays tonight just based on uh, the experience they had a year ago and the style of play, you know, that they have, that if they get hot, they can kind of get going and get into that title game. So uh, this is this is an, this I would say Southern Miss has one of the tougher matchups today among the men's teams in the conference tournament. If Southern Miss gets past this one, I think they're in very good shape. Uh, going into the semifinals. Mental advantage to the Eagles tonight because they obliterated the herd when uh, Marshall you know, came to Hattiesburg, and of course it's, mm-hmm. it's a whole different deal. Western Kentucky worries me because of their length and, and the, the, the way that they utilize their big men and have against uh, Southern Miss this season. Yeah, I, I think Western Kentucky has played uh, good defensively against uh, Southern Miss and, and gotten a lot of points, you know, a lot of production inside from Charles Bassey, the, the freshman. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, West Kentucky's really, I think, the toughest team for Southern Miss in this tournament as far as we I mean, Old Dominion is a good, strong team as well, but, uh, West, you know, a big, strong team as well. But West Kentucky is more athletic across the board, and that, that's what really puts a challenge to Southern Miss. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Old Dominion, West Kentucky, Southern Miss, Marshall, are probably your, uh, the four teams in the hunt. But uh, West Kentucky presents a pretty big challenge if – you know, if you look back at the two games they played, Southern Miss did not play very well in general. They got their shots against West Kentucky and Hasbrook. They just didn't fall at all in the set, in the first half. So if Southern Miss just plays up to the standard they've shown the last two games out, I think Southern, Southern Miss would beat West Kentucky if they play again. It's no secret that Conference USA is a one-bid league as far as the NCAA basketball tournament is concerned. So obviously whoever wins this conference tournament will go to the big dance. That being said, if the Eagles cannot pull off this Conference USA uh, tournament championship, what are the prognosis, Patrick, from your point of view that the Eagles will get some type of postseason uh, invite? And would they accept? And I know that sounds like a funny question, but, but with the expenses involved sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, would they accept a bid? Well, I mean, the NIT seems unlikely. Uh, I, I, Southern Miss would have to get to the title game and just hope a lot of games kind of went their way in terms of just seeing their net rate, net ranking. It's no longer RPI that NC2A uses to, to judge teams. It's the net ranking. And right now, Southern Miss is at 91, which very much puts them on the outside. But if they can get into the – somehow, if things just fall their way to where they get in the 70s or, or something like that, they're – uh, uh, after the conference tournament, I, I guess they would get some consideration, even though it would be unlikely. But as far as the CIT or the CBI, uh, it requires the teams to put up a little bit of money to join. And, you know, there has to be something that the teams can really take out of it. A lot of teams, a lot of times the teams that join it are young teams uh, that think they can gain more experience and be better for next season. I don't, you know, I don't know how much Southern Miss would take from something like that. Uh, it's a, you know, Southern Miss is an experienced team, a lot of seniors. 
Uh, you know, you look to a Ladavius Drain, Leonard Harper Baker, a Tim Rowe, they'll be back. But overall, I don't, you know, I don't know how much they would get out of that. I mean, I'm kind of inclined to think they would not try the CIT or CBI. I mean, they would, you know, they've had a great season. They don't really need uh, something like a CBI or a CIT to kind of validate what they've done this year. So. I am of the belief that they would probably pass on that if given the opportunity. Patrick McGee is with us from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. With the season that the Eagles have had, regardless of what happens from here, there's normally talk about you know coaching contract extensions, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that earlier this week. But uh, with no permanent athletic director in place, is there a timeline? Is there a normal timeline which coaches in these situations get extensions and and um, Put on, look into the crystal ball, Patrick, and tell us what you see coming down the road for or maybe not happening for Doc Sadler. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Doc will get some type of extension uh, coming off this season. Uh, you know, I, I would think that, you know, Jeff Mitchell, the interim AD, would probably go to administration and get permission to possibly just go ahead and give him that uh, uh, after the season's over because I think there is kind of a limited time, when, a little bit limited window to where they can give him that given that before the uh, new physical year starts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, – it, it'll be a decision to be made, I think, by Mitchell because I don't think we're going to have an AD uh, here, you know, in the next month or so. So I would think, you know, it's interesting. I really asked, but I, I would think that they would have to give Mitchell permission to do that, and I don't see why not at this point considering the season that Fox Adler's had. And that was my follow-up question. Is there any scenario in which you do not – see an extension coming for Doc Sadler? No, I mean, I, I just I just don't see how they don't give it to him. I mean, it was, you know, he got, he had, they added on a year last year. I don't see why they don't, you know, draw it out to the full four year, like the rollover, given that, that you know, three more, you know, have the uh, four years remaining on his contract. I, I don't see much of a raise uh, just from the financial position Southern Miss is in, but I, I, I would expect Doc Sadler to have an extension coming his way. Lots more to talk about with Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He's our Southern Miss insider. He covers the Eagles every single day for the Biloxi Sun-Herald. You can follow him all over social media, and we uh, suggest that you do so if you certainly want to keep on top of what's going on on the campus in Hattiesburg. Much more to talk to about with Patrick McGee on the other side of the break. This is the Eagle Hour. Live from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander flying the plane solo along with producer engineer Michael Mergens pushing all the right buttons here. Glad that you're with us on this Tuesday. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Open 24 hours a day at campusbookmart.net. You can go online and shop anytime you want. Before you come to town for the big uh, game, football, basketball game, what have you, you can uh, shop online and have your eagle golden eagle swag delivered right to the house or of course it's the big yellow building right across from the main entrance in campus it is 
big and it is yellow and you can't miss it. Campus Bookmart. Uh, glad to have them with us here on the Eagle Hours. We continue our discussion now with the professor from the coast. Uh, Patrick McGee, as we continue our discussions here, we talked about uh, Southern Miss not having a full-time athletic director. Um, and I know that, that uh, Dr. Rodney Bennett has gone around the Southeast talking to different alumni associations. I know he's been in Mobile, he's been in Montgomery, and, and specifically asking the fan base, what, you know, what do you think is important? What characteristics do you think are important in who the next athletic director will be? What sort of timeline are you hearing now uh, that Dr. Bennett would like to have accomplished? And will Jeff Mitchell, the interim, uh, be considered for the full-time position? Uh, I, I reached out to USM administration last week and kind of asked this question, and it was just one of these things where Bennett still go around talking to people. So that it really, there really hasn't been a leaping off point uh, for the search for the new AD yet. Uh, I would expect, you know, here pretty soon we'll start to see that. I'm not sure what when the final event would be for this uh, Bennett's listening tour, but it's still one of those things that's just going to play out into late spring and. Uh, I would expect, you know, sometime before June or July, they would probably have somebody. Uh, that's just me guessing there. But r- right now, it's still very much at a standstill as he goes out and talks to people and hears what they have to say. But yeah, I would think Mitchell will be considered. Uh, I-, I know the whole Jay Hobson saga uh, was a difficult time for him, and, and really the entire athletic department, or excuse me, I, sh- I guess I should say the Art Vile saga, uh, was it was kind of a difficult time for uh, the athletic department, university as a whole. So. Uh, he's kind of dealt with some stuff that interim athletic directors don't typically deal with. Uh, and I, I think he's come on the, on the other end of that doing okay. Uh, so, but, yeah, I think Mitchell will be considered, uh, you know, uh, whether or not he gets the job remains to be seen. Do you think Dr. Bennett is a one-man selection committee, as it were? No, I mean, I think he'll have a lot of people he'll be talking to, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Southern Miss Boosters or – uh, other people within the administration there in Southern Miss. I, I wouldn't say it'd be a one-man deal. Uh, you know, I, I'm. You know, I haven't asked yet if they're going to uh, get a hiring firm involved. I can't recall last time if they did that or not. Yeah, uh, I, I think they did. Uh, but yeah, I, I would expect probably uh, more than Rodney Bennett to have a say in this. Uh, what, I don't think they have a hiring firm in place yet. But that's a question worth asking. Turning to Golden Eagle baseball, the Eagles lost in extra innings last night. You never want to have to play a midweek game and go extra innings to to go one way or the other, but it took 12 innings last night before the Raging Cajuns hit a walk-off homer in the bottom of the 12th. Now the Eagles head up to Ruston, Louisiana, where the weather might be a little bit problematic this weekend as they begin Conference USA play against the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. Lane Burroughs, former Southern Miss assistant, now the main man in Ruston. Last night, three errors. Patrick kind of jumped out as one of the statistics and the Eagles really have not, and that's something Scott Berry mentioned uh, on the program here this past Monday. Eagles got to do a better job of taking care of the baseball. Yeah, I mean it's really they're not hitting the ball very well, and they're not playing great defense. And, you know, pitching's pretty good uh, at times, but that lineup just hasn't really stacked up this season. Uh, five runs, I really didn't score late at, at all late in that game, and just allowed Lafayette to really rally and take that away from them. So uh, defensively, it's it's not, you know, you knew going into the season it wasn't going to be a lineup that was, you know, some uncertainty at certain positions, whether, it, you know, at shortstop you had to figure that out. I think McGillis has been okay there at shortstop. And Gidry's had some errors at second base. And third base, I was there Saturday when uh, Jacob Edwards had error at third base. So, uh, really, nobody's completely innocent in all this. It's just one of those things, you know, uh, Cole Donaldson at catcher has been kind of banged up at times. It's, 
Uh, some injuries have played into this. I think Blaylock's a good defensive player, and they've had to put him on the bench. Uh, yeah, I mean, Southern Miss has just not played very good baseball all the way around. It's just that pitching has really gotten to this point. And this is a big weekend. Uh, Southern Miss is sitting there at RPI at at, number, at 180. Yeah, that's a really strange spot for Southern Miss to be in at this point. And I think Tech's in there at number 23. So if Southern Miss wants to get back and, you know, uh, get into the conference contention and put itself, you know, allow itself to get out of that hole at 180, they got to start winning ballgames this weekend. Based on the perception that this team, you know, had going into the season, some ranked as high as 12th in the country, any reason to scratch your head or, or even hit the small panic button at this point or reassess yeah. at least? <laughs> Yeah, I think there is reason to start hitting the panic button a little bit. Uh, the team just does not play well defensively or hit the ball. Uh, I didn't expect them to be the offensive juggernaut they were the last two years, but I expected them to be productive. And uh, Walner's had kind of a tough time of, t- time of it. The team's hitting like 251 as a group. Uh, the pitching staff has held opponents to a batting average of 241 or 242, I believe. So uh, it really goes back to that lineup, really just not turning the runs out like they have in the past. And, and uh, defensively just kind of sloppy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there is reason to be concerned at this point. Uh, this is a team right now that does not look like a postseason squad. Spring football right around the corner. Jay Hobson and his staff uh, will will start having competitions for some of the positions that are going to be wide open. The offensive line, a lot of people will be looking to for marked improvement. What are reasonable expectations for Golden Eagle fans coming out of spring uh, football training, Patrick, to see from this Eagle team coming up? You know, don't start until the fall, but a lot of things will certainly be addressed here this spring. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll start on the 19th, which I guess is what this upcoming Wednesday or Tuesday. So it's uh, Tuesday, right? It's, yeah, Tuesday. So it's going to be a, a, a an important spring. Uh, you got a new offensive coordinator, basically almost entirely new offensive staff. Uh, for them, it's just all about getting familiar with it. And, and uh, uh, Buster Faulkner, new offensive coordinator, he admits he's not going to install he's not going to install everything this spring, uh, but he wants to put the offense in a position where they have some confidence coming out, uh, to where they have enough understanding, basic understanding of the offense, <clears throat> to where they can just feel good going into the summer. Uh, you know, Quez Watkins will not be out there. He's still working to get academically right for, for the fall. So you're not going to see every piece in there for, uh, for, from the offense this spring. But overall, you're going to have nine starters who started that final game of the uh, regular season out there working for playing time. I think Clopton, if, uh, Trace Clopton, if I'm not mistaken, I happen to come across a photo of he, he's in a boot. So there may be multiple guys kind of sitting out this spring and, uh, they, they have to have competition. That's what, Faulkner really wants to do. He wants guys to really earn it this spring. Nobody's uh, guaranteed of anything, and that includes quarterback uh, Jack Abraham. So uh, this is going to be an interesting spring. The last couple of springs I thought have been kind of dull. <laughs> but uh, this year I think uh, folks uh, get a chance to go out there and see some of the spring practice and see the spring game, whenever that is. I think they're still trying to finalize that as far as like uh, start time and, and, and all that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's an important spring. It's an ex- most importantly for that offense. And I think I think what draws a lot of attention to this particular spring is the fact that 
even though it wasn't necessarily in a positive light, or they'd like to certainly have a mulligan and do it over again, the football team was in the headlines, even though maybe it didn't even want to be, mm-hmm. you know, under those right. circumstances. So a uh, lot more people may be watching this spring to see what goes forward. So we've been turning the sports lazy Susan at Southern Miss. We've talked football. We've talked uh, baseball. want to go back to basketball now. Again, the Eagles play tonight against Marshall. It is round two officially of the Conference USA basketball tournament, and it is the last game of the night. So if you're my age, you need to take a nap, you know, and then get up tonight for a nine o'clock start. That is a central time now. Nine o'clock start as the Eagles take on Marshall. A lot of seniors on this Southern Miss team. uh, If if we can just hypothetically move forward, what uh, what would you expect quality wise for Doc to have coming back next year after this season, whenever it ends? Well, like I said, you've got Davy Strain who will be a junior next year. You'll have Leonard Harper Baker. Uh, he'll be a senior next year as a forward, but there's going to be a lot of unproven guys uh, coming back and play off the bench. I mean, I think uh, Gabe Watson, uh, the freshman guard, has has really kind of shown signs of maybe being an impact guy. He's going to have to play next year, but they've got some JUCO guys that are coming in. A couple of guys they signed from Southwest, one is 6'6 forward, another uh, Jay Johnson, a a point guard who can really kind of – uh, uh, I, I saw a little bit of him at Meridian. So, and, and the guy that that the six six forward that was at Columbus, and those were uh, high school programs that played at a high level, and they've played pretty well at PRCC. Even though I think the forward might have got banged up this year, I looked at his stats the other day. Seemed like he only played three games. So, they're going to have to rely on some JUCO guys to come in and play next year. It, there, there's kind of a nucleus there between Drain, Harper Baker, and Tim Rowe. Uh, but it's, you, there's going to be new faces out there. It's not going to be as deep as they were this year. I mean, they had a lot of seniors, a lot of guys that knew what they were doing, whether it was Kevin Holland, uh, Cortez Edwards, or, or Tyree Griffin. But it's going to be a new team. Uh, Drain, I think, is a guy that can be your leading scorer. He's a guy that can score 16, 17 points a game. Uh, but you're just not going to have that proven point guard like you've had in Tyree Griffin the last two years. Uh, to me, he's been the best point guard in the conference uh, this season, just as sharp as he's been and the way he runs that show. Uh, they've got to have somebody step up in that area for them to be successful again next year. Yeah, you better be a good shooter if you have a name like Drain, right? Real quick, <laughs> before we let you go, Patrick, uh, Eric Thornton of Pearl River, there was thought that maybe he would wind up at Southern Miss. Real quickly, uh, any news on Eric Thornton of Pearl River? No, I haven't heard anything on him. I know they're still playing right now, so maybe we'll hear something after the season's over with. Sounds good. Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He joins us every Thursday. Be sure to join him on social media. Follow him on social media. Uh, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. When the Eagle Hour continues, we're going to be talking golf with former Lady Eagle Mackenzie Kelly. We'll take a commercial break. Be back in just a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, glad that you're with us on this Thursday. Our third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, a new sponsor of the program. Don't forget you can swing by there each and every day for their plate lunch special. Today it was the grilled pork chops with black-eyed peas, cornbread, and uh, mashed potatoes. 
Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. All that and a drink for less than 10 bucks. And, uh, of course, lots of Southern Miss memorabilia on the walls. The place to pregame, whether you're uh, going to an event or watching the games. And, and don't forget, the Eagles will be all over the TV screens at 4th Street Bar and Grill uh, tonight and that 9 o'clock game at the Conference USA Tournament. More on that a little bit later, but thanks to 4th Street Bar and Grill for joining us. On the hotline now, a native of McGee, Mississippi, is Mackenzie Kelly. She was a Lady Eagle golfer from 2012. 12 to 2016 she's now in chattanooga tennessee in grad school and she is studying public and getting her master's in uh, public administration and mackenzie kelly joins us now on the super talk mississippi hotline mackenzie good afternoon to you good afternoon wow you not only played golf at uh, at uh, the Acad- simpson academy but you also played softball you played basketball how in the world did you time manage all of that and how much did your parents even get to see you when you were in high school um, you know, time management was always kind of difficult, but uh, sports were kind of my, my only love, so um, I didn't mind it at all, and my parents were always just the most supportive. They were at every practice, every game I played, and so, um, yeah, they saw me um, at competitions a lot, probably more so than at home. I was going to say, it almost sounds like they have to be unemployed just to be able to go to all the things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they definitely took off some work. So where was softball being in the spring and golf being kind of a, a spring sport or, you know, but you, even basketball in the fall. So whether golf was in the spring or the fall, you know, how tell us how you got involved in golf and how that wound up being the sport that took you to the next level. Yeah, so golf was kind of always just my fun sport. I played it competitively, but uh, softball was kind of my first love. And But I had started playing golf when I was about 10 years old. We lived in a really small town in South Arkansas, and the only thing there really was there was a nine-hole golf course. So every day in the summer, I would get dropped off at the golf course. and um, So that's how I started playing golf. And then I fell in love with softball and kind of kept my other sports going just for something to do. But um, always kind of thought I would play softball in college. And then um, a knee surgery and a couple of traumatic events later, I decided that I was going to hang up my cleats. And that happened my senior year of high school. And um decided I was going to Southern Miss. It was close to home. Both of my parents had gone there. Um, And then that golf season rolled around, and I was playing my senior golf season, and I was playing in the state tournament, actually. And I was tied at the turn with two girls that had already signed to play golf in college. And I went up to my mom after nine holes, and I said, um, mom I'm gonna play golf in college and she looked at me like I was crazy um so then I reached out to Julie Gallup who was then the women's golf coach at Southern Miss and we kind of um arranged a time that she could see me play and a time that I could tour the campus with her and um next thing you know I was uh picking out my name for my golf shoes. <laughs> was that when the light bulb went off, though, that, that you found out that you were able to compete with the state's very best, even in high school? Yeah, I think um, I never really realized that I had it, you know, was even that good at golf because, like I said, like it was never my main focus. I right. played tournaments here and there, and, you know, I, I played competitively, but not 
like a lot of golfers, junior golfers do. It wasn't my entire life. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think it had ever really crossed my mind that I could um, compete at that level until that tournament my senior year. Former Lady Eagle Mackenzie Kelly is with us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline. So what was your strength on the links? Mackenzie, were, could you hit it a long way but couldn't putt? Did you have a good short game and couldn't drive? Kind of describe, uh, how would you describe your golf game in college, and how did it evolve? <laughs> Man, um, yeah, I could hit it a long way, and I could not putt. That pretty much sums <laughs> it up. Um, I, um, yeah, that was the name of my game for a long time. And um, So you were, you, there, you were the John Daly of, of uh, the, the Lady Eagle team then, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, could. something like that. I could hit it a long way, and it wasn't always straight. It was kind of all over the place a lot of the time. But um, somewhere along the way, I guess my sophomore year, we opened up the Judson short game facility out at Hattiesburg Country Club. Right. And I just really committed a lot of time to – Becoming a better putter, which is something I never committed much time to because, you know, that's not nearly as fun as hitting the ball a long way. Um, But I, you know, definitely realized that that was my downfall to my golf game. So I just really committed a lot of time to, um, you know, uh, my chipping and my putting um, 100 yards in. And I got to where I was really comfortable with my putter in my hand. And um, I would say that, you know, as as the years evolved um, over the course of my college career, my short game, I mean, it changed my game completely, just becoming more confident in my short game. Um, That's where and, you score. I mean, the short game is oh, where yeah, you score. Yeah. No doubt. And a lot of people yeah. don't ever want to re- accept that, but that is, you know, where you, where you score is, is in the short game. Now, I was always made fun of because I won the country club championship when I was 10 years old, years and years and years ago, back when everything was in black and white. Um, but I got made fun of because when I putted, I looked at the hole. I didn't look at the ball. And people are going, how can you do that? I said, well, how can you shoot a deer if you're deer hunting if you're not looking at what you're shooting at? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I've done, I did quite a few drills like that. I never um, committed completely to doing it on the golf course. But, and um, I have to ask you too, Mackenzie, pro golfers will always say that one of the easiest shots is to, get, is to play it out of the bunker. But if you're a hack amateur like a lot of us, that's a really tough shot to play. So what, what's, the, what's the key to getting the ball out of the bunker so you don't look like an idiot in your foursome? <laughs> It's actually really funny that you asked that because last night I haven't dreamed about golf in years, and last night I had a dream that I was hitting a bunker shot, and I don't remember anything else of the dream, but I remember the bunker shot. Um, you know, you gotta just open the the club face up, and you hit the ball a couple of inches behind behind the ball, and you're just trying to hit the sand as hard as you can. You know, it's a much steeper swing straight down into the sand. It just kind of blasted out of there. Way too much thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way, yeah. <laughs> way too much thinking. So, so that's the problem with most most of the game. So in grad school now, obviously you're keeping a, an academic full plate. Uh, how much are you still able to swing it, and um, where where does golf fit into your life now? Um, recently, I have not been on the golf course much. Um, but this time last year, I was actually um, in Chattanooga, and I was asked to coach one of the middle school um, teams around here. So I coached 
the team at Baylor Middle School, um, mostly with the girls, but I helped with the guys some too. And I had the best time doing that, just being back on the course every day. Um, you know, middle school golf, I, I don't know how much instruction I actually provided, but more of just like teaching them the rules and the etiquette and just being on the course with them. Um, it was kind of my role, and I had the greatest time. So I could see, you know, I graduate in May, so hopefully um, I'll have a little more free time. I'll just be working one job and not trying to go to school with that as well. So hopefully I'll be able to find some more time to get out on the course and maybe do some more coaching like that or just playing myself. As we begin to wind down our conversation with former Lady Eagle golfer Mackenzie Kelly, when you look back on your, and you've only been gone from the campus now, Mackenzie, about three years, but as time goes on, what do you think when you hearken upon your times at Southern Miss, what do you think some of the things will pop up? What will you remember most about being a Golden Eagle? Um, I think the friendships I made, uh, the cool thing about being a golfer was my best friends are from all over the world. Um, so, you know, we golf is, we recruit a lot of international students. And so I have friends from Canada and Norway and South Africa and Argentina. And I think that getting that experience, that diverse experience while still being in Hattiesburg, which is a city that I've always loved. I think that was my favorite thing about being in college. Well, you know, you talked about all these international players you've made friends with, but you didn't mention that you have any friends in Mendenhall. <laughs> and if, well, you're, if yeah, you're from yeah. McGee, you don't dare have a friend from Mendenhall, right? Exactly. At, at, <laughs> hey, before we let you go, real quick, what, what are, the, are the Koreans doing that a lot of the other international female golfers aren't doing? Because when you look at the LPGA Tour, dominated, you know, by, by the Koreans. Um, yeah, I think it's just the commitment. Um, I mean, not that other nationalities aren't committed but i think that the korean culture is that of you know you are committed at an age far younger than when i started playing golf and that's kind of all you do you uh eat sleep drink breathe golf right Um, and you know if you you play golf enough you're gonna be you're gonna get good at it so i think that that's my opinion anyway. Makes sense to me. Mackenzie Kelly finishing up grad school at, uh, at uh, up in Chattanooga. Lady Eagle golfer from 2012 to 2016. Thanks, Mackenzie. Continued success. Thank you. The Eagle Hour continues. We'll wrap things up. Talk more Conference USA basketball in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We want to thank Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun Herald joining us in segments one and two, uh, getting us up to date on everything that is Southern Miss. And thanks to Mackenzie Kelly, former Lady Eagle golfer from 2012 to 2016, a native of McGee, Mississippi, now finishing up grad school up in uh, Chattanooga. Tennessee. This final segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by Carter's Jewelry off the Evelyn Gandy Parkway in Petal. Shay Carter and her staff there 
always behind Southern Miss. Uh, you can see their their ads and, uh, at the Rock when you go to a football game and at Reed Green Coliseum, big supporters of the university. And I think it's important to note that so that um, Golden Eagle fans, if you are in need of any of the sponsors' uh, products and services on this program, one way to um, help reinforce that uh, Golden Eagle love is to you know patronize the need for the products and go where those products are. Uh, you can get those products. Carter Jewelry has a complete line of SMTTT jewelry, which is always in vogue, uh, whether you're going to parties or to a sporting event. Carter's Jewelry off of the Evelyn Gandy Parkway in Pedal. Now, as we wrap up the show today, we want to talk more about the, the men's tournament. One of the fun things about tournament basketball this time of year is you, you look for those upsets, right? You look for who, who might throw a monkey wrench into the works. Really, the Conference USA tournament has kind of gone as projected so far. In fact, of the top eight seeds, seven of them are still alive. And, of course, there's only been one day in the tournament. But the only person to really rise up was North Texas. Uh, North Texas, the Mean Green which was one of the top teams in the league, remember, toward the beginning part of the season. But uh, they had lost seven in a row going into the tournament. They defeated Florida International. So FIU was the seventh seed. North Texas is 10. So North Texas is the only team really in the bottom half of the league that has advanced on to the second round. Other than that, everybody, everything has gone according to Hoyle. Uh, let's go over the, the schedule for, for today. There are two courts there at the tournament. And with there being two courts, they stagger the starting times a half an hour apart. So all these games will take place tonight. We'll set the table here for you. The first game of the night at the tournament in the quarterfinals uh, will be the number one seed, Old Dominion, going up against La Tech. That's the one seed versus the eight seed. That will start at 6 o'clock tonight. Old Dominion against Louisiana Tech tonight at 6. And then, as we mentioned, the staggered start times just a half an hour later on the other court there at the tournament will feature the four seed, Texas San Antonio, which the way the Eagles have blown out the Roadrunners this year, you certainly hope Texas San Antonio go as far as they can and hopefully meet the Eagles in the finals. But they'll take on UAB, who has matched up pretty good against Southern Miss. So you're certainly pulling for UTSA there. That's the 6:30 game, Texas San Antonio, the four seed against the five seed of UAB. All right, then once those two games are over, then the nightcap games will take place. And the first of the two night games will be at 8.30. And again, these are all our time. 8.30 tonight, the number two seed, Western Kentucky, will play North Texas. So that's a two seed against a 10 seed. And of course, based on those those uh, seedings, you would certainly expect that the Hilltoppers would move on. And uh, the Hilltoppers have played uh, the Eagles really well this year. But uh, that's the way the first game will match up in the nightcap at 8.30. Then the last game of the night will be staggered a half an hour later, and that will be the marquee matchup for Golden Eagle fans. The Eagles, the three seed, take on the thundering herd of Marshall. Marshall defeated Rice yesterday in order to get to advance to today. That'll be a 9 o'clock start our time. So we kind of joke about needing a nap. Look, I don't mind telling you, that's that's a late start for me. But uh, rest assured, I will be glued to the set. And if you're out and about, a lot of uh, a lot of the local eateries are all around Mississippi will have that game on uh, the television actually being televised by Facebook, Southern Miss and Marshall. All right, so let's move on to Friday, tomorrow now. So if, if the Eagles win tonight, they go on to the semifinals, at which point the CBS Sports Network will begin the national coverage of those games, and Southern Miss would play the winner of Western Kentucky and North Texas. 
And you would think that it would be Western Kentucky, but that's why they play the games. And then in the other semifinal, it would be the UTSA UAB winner taking on the Old Dominion Louisiana Tech winner. And that game would actually be the first game tomorrow starting at 1230. So if you're working and want to, you know, maybe take a late lunch slide out and watch that game um, at one of your local watering holes or eateries uh that's the first semifinal game at 12 30 the eagles win tonight they would play at three o'clock tomorrow again that's our time three o'clock tomorrow in the semifinals the championship for the conference usa tournament is slated for saturday one game and that'll be 7 30 at night okay so as you kind of set your sports and social calendar keep that in mind the eagles playing the championship game it would be saturday night at 7 30 then of course selection sunday where the entire ncaa tournament field will be unveiled that will be on uh, sunday of course on national television according to patrick mcgee you heard him earlier does not think that the eagles um, sit in a good position to be invited to the nit uh, because even if they if they Maybe one tonight, that would get him the 20-win mark, but he doesn't think that would necessarily be enough to get him into the, to the NIT and is not sure that the Eagles would even consider a tournament outside of the NIT. So let's just uh, let's put all of our money in the bank here and get our, our efforts behind the Eagles to win the Conference USA Tournament. Of course, if they win that tournament, they would go to the NCAA Tournament, the big dance. It's a guaranteed spot by the NCAA Selection Committee. So that'll do it today. Uh, thank you for letting us uh, get you up to date as to what's going on uh, Eagle-wise. Tomorrow, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson will be back here in our First Bank studios. I'm Kelly Sander for producer engineer Michael Mergens saying until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.